This is my Bible. It is the Word of God and the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am. I'm seated right now in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine. And I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive as I am taught the Word of God. My life is changed for the better. And I will never be the same again. Amen. You may be seated. And if you would turn your Bible to the Gospel of John, the Gospel of John chapter 4. Now, a few weeks ago, before Christmas, we began a new Sunday morning series. And we, we were just there one Sunday morning, but we're coming back to it as we begin 2023. And this new series is called Miracles of the New Testament. And we're learning, we're walking through the New Testament, through the Gospels, through the book of Acts, and we're learning how these miracles took place. It wasn't luck, it wasn't chance, it wasn't coincidence. It wasn't because there were people that were special or special in the sense that God did for them what he is not willing to do for others. There's a reason, there are patterns and principles as to why these miracles took place. Many, many years ago, my father learned from Dr. Fred Price that there are patterns and principles in the Word of God. And once you discover the pattern or principle, you can work it again and again and again for good results. As we say all the time, the Word of God is true, and the Word works for anyone who works the Word. We have to do our part. We have to take action. And so as we walk through and see these miracles and discover the patterns and the principles, we have to then apply them to our lives. But as you do that, you'll live a blessed life. And there'll be miracles, there'll be victories, there'll be answers to prayer, there will be needs met. Back in 2019, we did a series entitled How to Write Your Own Ticket with God. And we learned how many biblical miracles include the principle that Kenneth Hagin Sr. called, say it, do it. Someone says something, someone does something, and then a miracle follows. And it's amazing how many times we see that in the Word of God. Someone says something, someone does something, and then a miracle follows. And we see that all throughout the Bible. And we have an example of that today in John chapter 4. John chapter 4, beginning in verse 33. In verse 43. And so number one, we see, step number one, we have to say it. And we see here in John chapter four that Jesus said it. Now somebody has to say something, whether it's the Lord, whether it's you, whether it's a husband, a wife, whether it's in the context of rehearsing a situation and pastor, I say it, someone has to say something. And step number one, we see that, say it, Jesus said it. John 4, beginning in verse 43, after the two days, Jesus left for Galilee. And we have a comment here by Matthew, or excuse me, by John. Now, Jesus himself had pointed out that a prophet has no honor in his own country. 
Now, Matthew and Mark help us to understand what John was referring to. In his hometown of Nazareth, the people were familiar with Jesus. Their attitude was, we grew up with Jesus, we know Jesus, who does he think he is? They were familiar with him, and they didn't honor Jesus, they didn't honor who he was, they didn't honor his word, and they didn't believe that anything supernatural or wonderful could happen. And what was the result of that? Mark 6 and verse 5 tells us, Jesus could there do no mighty work, save that he laid his hands on a few, on a few sick folk and healed them. Now, I've always wondered, you know, what, what happened? Maybe somebody had a little headache that got healed. But Mark tells us, he could there do no mighty work, save that he laid his hands on a few sick folk and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. Matthew 13 and verse 58 records, and he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. This is why the daily Bible reading is so important. And the new year is a great opportunity to start the daily Bible reading, to read through the Old Testament in a year, to read through the New Testament more than once in the year. And if you'll do the daily Bible reading over time, questions will be answered. And if you'll do the daily Bible reading over time, wrong beliefs, maybe things you, you learned growing up, maybe things you heard growing up in church, wrong beliefs will get dealt with. And there, there are people, and they, they love the Lord, but they're of the mindset, well, it's God's will to heal some. It's not God's will to heal others. Or, you know, maybe you'll get healed if it's your, your lucky day, if everything is in alignment. Well, that's not what we see in the Word of God. And what John refers to in John 4 and verse 44, and what Mark and Matthew tell us about, proves that. Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God, anointed by the Holy Spirit, was in his hometown of Nazareth. The Bible says that he was not able to do any mighty works there, save heal a few. Why? Because of their unbelief. So whether or not we receive from God has everything to do with us and our faith and whether or not we believe God. That's why Jesus said in Matthew 9 and verse 29, according to your faith, will it be done unto you? Say, say my faith. Jesus said, according to your faith, will it be done unto you? So religion will lie to you. Religion will tell you that it all has to do with God's mysterious will. But we know God's will by his word. And God's will is that you be forgiven and saved. God's will is that you be healed. God's will is that you be well and you walk in divine health. God's will is that you be blessed and every need be met. So whether or not we receive depends on us and our faith. So I say, it depends on me. Now I know we, we live in a culture where everybody blames somebody else for all their troubles. That, that whatever I'm going through, whatever the circumstances of life are, it has nothing to do with me. It must be someone else's fault, someone else's problem. And yes, there are, are times in life when we face circumstances, we, we have to overcome something, and it's not anything to do with what we have done. That's true. That's true. But there are many times in life where the circumstances are the result of what we have believed, what we have said, and what we have done. And for things to change, you have to take responsibility, and you have to take action. 
Got to believe God. Got to take God at his word and take action on his word. Again, Jesus said in Matthew 9, 29, according to your faith, will it be done unto you? So again, Jesus was unable to do any mighty miracles in Nazareth because of their unbelief. John 4, beginning in verse 45, when Jesus arrived in Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him. So notice, unlike Nazareth, and John gave us a comment about that, unlike Nazareth, the Galileans welcomed him. They had seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, for they had been there. Once more he visited Cana in Galilee, where he had turned the water into wine. And there was a certain royal official whose son lay sick at Capernaum. When this man heard that Jesus arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son, who was close to death. He went to him and begged him to come and heal his son, who was close to death. And any, any parent who has ever had a child facing something that, that seems severe can understand that. He, he begged him to come and heal his son, who was close to death. And Jesus said, verse 48, unless you people see miraculous signs and wonders, you will never believe. The royal official said, sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus replied, you may go, your son will live. So notice step number one has to be said, and Jesus said it. Verse 50, Jesus replied, you may go, your son will live. Now notice Jesus did not pray. Notice Jesus did not do as the man asked. He did not come to his house. Notice that Jesus did not go to his house and touch the child or lay hands upon the child. Jesus just spoke words. You may go, your son will live. Now we have an issue we've got to deal with, and that's verse 48. Jesus said, unless you people see miraculous signs and wonders, you will never believe. Many believers want to see miracles or signs and wonders, but they don't want to learn about what we must do to see miracles. Don't have that wrong attitude. We have a part to play. We have to take action. We have to do our part. And I, I said it recently on a Sunday morning or Wednesday evening that there are times when miracles happen. There are times when supernatural things happen. But even having grown up in church my whole life, even having served along with my father for many years now, I wouldn't be dishonest if I led you to believe that happens every single day. So day by day, we have to live by faith. Day by day, we have to live by the word of God. Day by day, we have to walk by the word of God and take action on the word of God. And it's as we do that, that we live a supernatural life. It's as we do that, we live a life of harvest. It's as we do that, that there are things that happen in our lives, miracles that are unexplainable, but that it is God working on our behalf. Too many believers go from church to church or from special meeting to special meeting, seeking signs and wonders. And why is that? Well, they haven't taken action on God's word in their daily life. And so they're looking for shortcuts. They're looking for shortcuts. I once saw a video of a service. I won't say what country it's in. You know, ridiculous things go on all over the world. But someone laying hands on people to lose weight. I don't need to lay hands on you to lose weight. Amen. If you need to lose weight, watch what you eat. If you need to lose, do lose weight, eat healthier. 
need to feel better in this new year? Exercise, amen. But see, people want to just do whatever they're doing. Then they want to come to church when it's an emergency, have the minister lay hands on them like it's magic and fix all their problems. And that's not what we see in the word of God. We have to take action. We have to do our part. There are no shortcuts. There are no shortcuts. Tell your neighbor, say, there are no shortcuts. Tell your other neighbor, say, there are no shortcuts. I believe in the power of prayer. Jesus said, ask, and it will be given to you. Jesus also said that we would lay our hands on the sick, and they would recover. I believe in the laying on of hands. And there are times when we anoint the sick with oil, we lay hands on them, and we pray the prayer of faith. Yet in the church, Paul told Timothy not to be hasty in the laying on of hands. And that's why we do our best to minister as led by the Holy Spirit. As we've been teaching on Wednesday evenings, we also want you to grow your own faith. We want you to learn how to receive from God in your own life. We want you to learn how faith works so you can get your prayers answered. Amen. So you're a strong believer. So you don't have to send me an email or a Facebook message or whatever it is every time there's a little need. And there's nothing wrong with that. Amen. We'll stand in agreement. We'll stand in agreement with you. But we want you to learn how to believe God for yourself in your own life. And so in this series, we're learning what we must do to receive miracles. Too many believers run around looking for more faith or looking for signs and wonders, but they never receive. Their lives and circumstances never change. Don't live like that. Instead, take action on the word of God. And if you'll do that, you'll live a blessed life. Take action on the word of God. And if you'll do that, you'll live a life of miracles. Have eyes to see, have ears to hear, and take action on the word of God. That's why Jesus said in John 4, 48, unless you people see miraculous signs and wonders, you will never believe. Don't live like that. Don't be a sign seeker. Don't be a, I'll believe it when I see it Christian. If you count it as done, it will be done. Pastor was ministering on Wednesday, December 21st, the evening service that night, and the Holy Spirit spoke that to him. If you count it as done, it will be done. Count one as done. Count the word of God as done. We live by faith. We live by the word. And as we count it as done, God brings his word to pass in our lives. We have an example of this in the Gospel of John. When Thomas doubted the resurrection of Christ, Jesus told him, it's better to believe and not see. It's better to believe and not see. And I've learned in my life, if I'll believe and I'll live by faith, or if I'll believe and live by the word, I'll see plenty. But somehow in the lives of believers, and they're looking for something to see. They're looking for this sign. They're looking for that wonder. They're looking for this or that word. Somehow they never see anything. Because what God honors is not sign-seeking. What God honors is his word. What God honors is us believing his word. And, I, and I've learned the believers that are looking for some special word. You, you know, you have a special word for me. They're not doers of the written word. Until I am a doer of the written word of God, I don't need a special word. I just need to obey the word that he's given me. You might say, Austin, that, that's tough. Well, it's what leads to victory. 
and a blessed life. We love signs and wonders. And signs and wonders are how God advertises to the lost. But day by day, we're not to live by signs and wonders. Day by day, we're to live by faith. Day by day, we're to live by the word of God. Many years ago, no one will know who this was. A man that was new to the church told me that he needed, had some questions, needed counseling. Thought, okay, I've learned some things since then, amen. And so Aaron and I met with him, talked with him. Well, he was in a, just a bad situation as far as a marriage. But in the, the context of telling me about all his troubles and all of his problems, it was evident that he's a, he was a sign-seeking Christian. And so he actually told me that he, he picked this woman to marry because of her license plate. And he believed that the, the license plate that she had was a, a message from God. We are to live our lives by his word. Not because you happen to see something supernatural in a car dealership window. Or not because you uh, buttered your toast and it looked like the mother of Jesus. We are to live our lives by the written word of God. Uh, you're, everybody's awake now, amen. He's talking about toast on Sunday morning. See, people search after all kinds of nonsense and all the while they're not doers of the word of God and there's trouble and there's heartache and there's disappointment, unnecessary trouble. Then they'll show up, they'll want a minister to lay hands on them or pray a prayer to fix all their problems. But our lives change for the better as we take God at his word. Our lives change for the better as we take action on the word of God. So the issue is sign-seeking versus action-taking. Will you take God at his word? Will you take action on the word of God? So Jesus said in verse 48, unless you see miraculous signs and wonders, you'll never believe. And then Jesus said in John 4 in verse 50, verse 50, you may go, your son will live. Now Jesus could have been criticized for this. John 4 in verse 47, it says, when this man, a royal official, heard Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son, who was close to death. Then verse 49 said, the royal official said, sir, come down before my child dies. Yet Jesus did not go with the man to pray for his son. Jesus did not lay hands upon his son. Jesus did not do anything special or spectacular or showy. Jesus just said in verse 50, you may go, your son will live. So what did Jesus do? Jesus spoke an anointed spoken word. It's a rhema Christos, an anointed spoken word. You may go, your son will live. And as we'll see, the, the man, the royal official, took Jesus at his word. And in our lives, that's the issue. Will we take God at his word? Will we act like the word of God is so? Will we live like the word of God is so? In our lives, will we take action on the word of God? The Bible says that I've been healed by the stripes of Jesus. So am I going to act like it or not? The Bible says that my God will supply all of my needs. So am I going to act like it or am I not? That's the issue. Will we take God at his word? Will we act like the word of God is so? So Jesus simply spoke and anointed spoken word. 
You may go, your son will live. So Jesus said it. And we come to step number two. We have to do it. And we see that the father did it. The father took action. John 4 and verse 50, it says, the man took Jesus at his word and departed. And I would mark that. I would highlight that. I would underline it. I would star that in your Bible. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. And so often, this is what we fail to do. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. But this is the key to blessing. This is the key to victory. This is the key to answered prayer. This is the key to miracles. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. But again, that's what we often fail to do. When we get an anointed spoken word, but we don't like it. So then we want another word. We want someone to tell us what we want to hear. But there's no blessing in that. There's no victory in that. So often we want a show, or we want empathy, or sympathy, or we want someone to come to our home, or we want a special sign, or wonder, or miracle, or a super-duper special word for the new year. And often when people consider themselves important, or they're a VIP, they really want extra special attention. It was in the news in the past year or two about a large church and just the, the wreckage from them showing favoritism to celebrities and targeting celebrities and getting celebrities added to the church to help with the church's popularity amongst young people. But all of that is contrary to what the Word of God says. You go to the book of James. James says, do not show favoritism and do not treat people different based on their status in life. It leads to trouble. leads to heartache. It leads to grief. But sometimes when people are a VIP or they're a celebrity or they're a politician or whatever it is, they want extra special treatment. They want extra special attention. The anointing of God doesn't work like that. In 2 Kings 5, Naaman was the commander of the Syrian army. He had leprosy, and he thought he would get special attention from Elisha, the prophet of God. But Elisha didn't give it to him. He told him to go and wash in the Jordan River. And it was dirty, and it was muddy, and Naaman thought, how dare you? He didn't want to do it. But like Jesus, Elisha simply spoke a word of command to Naaman. Instructions. Here's what you do. But Naaman at first was offended. He didn't like the instructions he received. You know, I mentioned Fred Price at the beginning of the message. He would talk about how eating makes fat, spending makes debt. So if you want less fat, what do you do less of? Eat less. You want less debt, what do you do less of? Well, Pastor Austin, I want you to lay hands on me to make my tummy smaller. That, that's not the purpose of the anointing and the power of God. To change things, you can change yourself. By being responsible, by taking action, by taking action on the Word of God. The Bible teaches stewardship. And we're to be stewards of all that God has blessed us with, including our physical bodies. So like Jesus, Elisha simply spoke a word of command to Naaman. Like Jesus, Elisha spoke a rhema Christos to Naaman. He told him what to do. 
That was the issue. Naaman didn't want to do it. But again, we have this incredible example in John 4 and verse 50 of the father. Jesus had said, you may go, your son will live. And then we find out the man took Jesus at his word and departed. In 2 Kings 5, at first, Naaman was offended by what Elisha said until a servant girl talked some sense into him. She said, my father, if the prophet had told you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? How much more then when he tells you, wash and be cleansed? So you read 2 Kings 5, Naaman got past his offense and he did what Elisha said do. And Naaman received his miracle. Here in John 4, the royal official was not offended by Jesus, although he could have been. Instead of being offended, he took action on what Jesus said. He immediately did what Jesus said do. John 4 and verse 50, it says, the man took Jesus at his word and departed. That's the key to your miracle. That's the key to your breakthrough. That's the key to your victory, to take God at his word and to act as if the word is so. The Bible says, I have been healed by the stripes of Jesus. So I'm the blessed, I'm the healed, I'm the victorious of Almighty God. The Bible says I'm blessed when I go in, I'm blessed when I come out. So I'm blessed when I go in, and I'm blessed when I come out. So I got to act like it. I got to talk like it. Well, Brother Austin, how's it going? Let me, let me rehearse and tell you all of my troubles. So you got to act like the Word of God is so. You got to talk like the Word of God is so. And over time, God will bring it to pass in your life. Why could Jesus do no mighty miracles in his own hometown? They didn't take him at his word. And Jesus had a solution. Mark tells us, and he went round about the villages teaching. He went round about the villages teaching. Teaching what? Teaching the word. And that's why every Sunday and Wednesday we're, we're teaching you the word of God so you can be a doer of the word of God. And over time, as you take action on the word of God, you'll live a life of miracles. You'll live a supernatural life. You'll live a victorious life. You'll live a blessed life. But you got to do your part. You got to take God at his word. That's how Peter received his miracle in Luke chapter 5. He heard, he believed, he took action. Luke 5, 5, it says, Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. And if you'll remember, they, they, they caught a supernatural amount of fish. Why? Because of what Jesus said, because you say so. We've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, we will let down the nets. So God has a part to play, but you and I also have a part to play. And our part is obedience. Smile at your neighbor and tell him, you have to do something. Smile at your other neighbor and say, you have to do something. My, my father said at 9 a.m. that we could be the only... Guys, today, standing in the pulpit talking about obedience. Obedience, action, diligence, responsibility, doing what you can do. But that's faith that as I do what I can do, my heavenly Father will do what only he can do. And that's what leads to a blessed life and a supernatural life and a life of miracles. Our part is obedience. Well, I don't like the instructions. Our part is to obey. Our part is to do what the word says do. Think about Peter. Think about James and John. If they had not obeyed, their nets would have remained empty. 
And so if you're tired of empty nets, the solution is to start obeying God. If you're tired of empty nets, the solution is to start doing what the word of God says do. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. That's how Peter received his miracle in Luke 5. He heard, he believed, and he took action. That's how the widow of Zarephath received her miracle in 1 Kings 17. She heard, she believed, she took action. That's how Jehoshaphat, King Jehoshaphat, received his miracle in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. He heard, he believed, he took action. That's how the ten lepers received their miracle in Luke 17. They heard, they believed, they took action. So Jesus said it, and then the Father did it. He took Jesus at his word and departed. He took Jesus at his word and departed. And that's what we have to do. We have to stand on the word of God. We have to believe the word, confess the word, and act like the word is so. Number three, step number three, receive it. The son received it. John 4, verse 50, Jesus replied, you may go, your son will live. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. While he was still on the way, his servants met him with the news his boy was living. When he inquired as to the time, now what time? What was the exact time? When he inquired as to the time when his son got better, they said, the fever left him yesterday at the seventh hour. Then the father realized that this was the exact time at which Jesus had said, your son will live. Say, say the exact time. Jesus said, go, your son will live. Bible says the man took Jesus at his word, departed. He later learned everything was all right. He wanted to know about the time. The father realized that this was the exact time in which Jesus had said, your son will live. So he and all his household believed. And that's what is the purpose of miracles. So he and all of his household believed. That, that's the purpose of answered prayer. That's the purpose of miracles. That's the purpose of God showing out in our lives. It is to be a sign. It is to be a witness. It is to be a wonder. It is to be a light to those around us that are unsaved that they would believe God. Paul writes in Romans that it is the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. So we're supposed to see the goodness of God evidenced in our lives. But to see his goodness, we've got to do our part. We've got to obey. We've got to take action. We've got to believe him and believe his word. We, ought to, we have to act like the word is so. But this is the purpose of miracles. So he and all his household believe. So Jesus said it. The father did it. His son received it. And the fourth step is, you got to tell it. We're telling it today. The man's entire household believed. I'm sure that man, that father told anyone who would listen. And we're still telling it today. He and all his household believed. That is the purpose of signs and wonders and miracles and answered prayer. That people around us would come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Now this is amazing. Jesus warned the crowd about seeking signs and wonders, especially before they believed. Yet this father received a sign and a wonder. He received a miracle. But this is important. Jesus did not give this man a miracle. This father precipitated, he caused, he brought about 
He quickened, he hastened his own miracle. And how did he do that? By taking Jesus at his word. You can precipitate miracles in your own life. You can sow the seeds for miracles in your own life. You can cause, you can bring about miracles in your own life. And how do you do that? By taking God at his word. By acting as if the word of God is so in your life and in your circumstances. This is the key to your miracle. This is the key to your breakthrough. You know, maybe about a month ago, my parents were out of town and Emily was overcoming something. And it was, it was pretty serious. This is the first that they're going to know about it. But we, they were out of town. We didn't want to bother them. So Jessica and I had confidence that everything is going to be all right. And it was, it is, it shall be so. Everything is all right. See, in your life, you've got to learn how to take God at his word. In your life, you have to learn how to act like the word is so. Praise God for the prayer of agreement. Praise God for the laying on of hands. Praise God for times when God does something so wonderful, so supernatural. It's wonderful. But day by day, we're to live by faith. Day by day, we're to live by the word. And in our own lives, we're to grow, we're to develop our own faith, and by taking God at his word, we're to sow the seeds for the harvest in the years to come. And if you'll live that way, you won't need a miracle. If you'll live that way, you'll rarely need a miracle. See, who's the believer that needs a miracle every week? They need a miracle every seven days. They need constant prayer, constant intervention. It's that believer, and even though they've been a believer 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, they've still got that spiritual diaper on. They still need someone to change their diaper because they haven't learned how to believe God for themselves. Take God at his word. Tell your neighbor, say, take God at his word. You can bring about miracles in your own life. You can spark, you can provoke, you can accelerate, you can give birth to miracles in your own life by taking God at his word. Jesus said it. The Father, he believed it and did it. He took Jesus' word and departed. His son received it. And 2,000 plus years later, we're still telling it. Please bow your heads. You might be here today and perhaps you have never asked Jesus to be the Lord and the Savior of your life. You've heard me talk about the goodness of God. You've heard me talk about the blessing of God, the favor of God. You, you've heard me share how a wonderful miracle happened in the life of a young man, a son. He was near death and lived because his father took Jesus at his word and departed. God is good. He loves you. And he wants to do good and wonderful things in your life. As I shared, it is the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. It is the goodness of God that leads us to him. But there's only one way to have a relationship with God. There's only one way to be in right standing with God. There's only one way to be a part of the family of God, and that's by accepting 
his son, Jesus Christ, as the Lord and the Savior of your life. The Bible says that God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus told a religious leader, he said, you must be born again. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. You might be here today and say, Austin, I want to be a part of the family of God. I, I want to have God as my Father. I want to see the goodness of God in my life. I want to be a part of the family. I want to be born again. If that's you this morning, wherever you're seated, raise your hand, raise it up high so I'll, I'll see it and I'll know. You want me to pray with you? Thank you. See your hand. Any other? Say, Austin, pray with me. I want to ask Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. Thank you. Might also be here today in a time in your life you prayed a prayer or walked an aisle, but you know in your heart you've not been living for God. You've been doing your own thing. The Bible tells us that the mercies of God are new every morning. The Bible tells us that if we confess our sins, he is faithful, he is just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You can leave here today knowing you have a new beginning, a fresh start, peace with God. If you're here today and say, Austin, I need to recommit my life. I need to make things right with God before I go today. That's you, wherever you're seated, raise your hand, raise it to where I'll see it and I'll know you want me to pray with you. For the sake of those that raise their hands, I'm going to ask that you gather your belongings and what you brought with you. I'm going to ask that you come, join me at the front. I'm going to pray with you. Everyone is going to be excited for you. They're going to rejoice with you. And maybe you didn't raise your hand for either invitation, but say, Austin, this is for me. First Sunday of the new year, I want to have peace with God before I go. If that's you this morning. Come join these wonderful people at the front. We are going to pray. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Repeat this prayer after me. Say, Father God, I come to you in the name of Jesus, and I repent of my sins, and I ask Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. I believe that he lived for me. I believe he paid the price I deserve to pay, and I believe you raised him from the dead, and from this day forward, he will live in me. Take out of my life anything that would hinder me from living for you. Thank you for welcoming me into your family. In Jesus' name, amen. We have some things we want to give you to be a blessing, to help you get started in this new life, Live for God. So if you'll take just a few moments and go with Mr. Cameron Butler here, the people behind you, it'll be a blessing to you and get you right back in the service. God bless you. The definition of insanity is to keep doing the same thing while expecting a, di a different result. We have to do our part. 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 But as we do our part, as we take action, as we obey, God steps in and he does the supernatural. As we do our part and as we obey and as we take action, our heavenly father steps in and he does what only he can do. And that's where the blessing is. That's where the victory is. That's where the miracles are. And I believe that in these days in which we're living, when there is so much wickedness, the Bible says that when 
Wickedness abounds. Grace abounds all the more. And so I believe that as we walk with God, as we obey God, as we live for God, as we let our light shine in these days of darkness, I believe that His grace will abound in our lives. I believe that He'll show forth and show out His goodness in our lives to be a sign, to be a witness, a wonder to all those around us. That's, that's the purpose of His blessing. That's the purpose of miracles, to lead men and women around us to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. We hope the message today was a blessing and encouragement to you.